Hello. Hi. I'm Tally. And I'm Adrian. And welcome again to Bite Size Podcast, a new series. We're, We're doing here. It. We're ready oh for the season. I'm, so I've literally, okay, so I mistakenly thought that today, the 21st, because we're recording a little bit early, so it's the 21st of September, and while I was waiting for my roommate to get groceries, I went to my favorite bar, who, the owner of the tavern is, like, the coolest, like, rockabilly, like, pinup older woman, and she's, like, so cool, like, I love just watching her bartend, and I knew that she was, like, into spooky stuff, because, like, the bar is, like, full of spooky stuff, and so I said, I was, like, oh, my God, it's the first day of fall, she's, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited, (laughs) and I was, like, so, and now I've learned that it's actually tomorrow is the first day of fall, (laughs) but we're close enough. (laughs) Yeah, we're so close that I can literally smell it, it smells like fall. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. So how are you? I am good. I have already, uh, September 1st starts spooky season for me. Same. Um, Yeah, so I already have our fake fireplace decorated in a bunch of Halloween stuff. Of course. And I have some stuff in the windows. I think this weekend we'll do um, the yard stuff. I always yeah. have to wait a little bit longer because you got to get that last grass cut in. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I saw that you had a spooky photo shoot in front of your fantastic wallpaper. Oh, my God. Yes. Isn't that great? Oh, it's so good. When you showed me, like, when you guys were, like, doing all the stuff and you showed me, like, the picture of it before it was up, I was like, oh, incredible. And then it turned out so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then we got a new couch as well, um, which will oh my also... Gosh. We used that in the photo shoot, um, none of the released photos yet, but it's like this forest green color and <gasps> it's like super oh. soft, uh, like oh almost velvety, Is it velvet? Oh. it's almost velvety, but it doesn't feel as shitty as velvet does to me. <laughs> right. Oh my God. That's amazing. I can't wait to see it in person. It's so I'm great. so excited. And the, the cushions and the pillows that come with it are so fucking plush. They're like the epitome of plush it's insane Mm, amazing yeah and we got the family fabric because um i like a dog on the couch and a cat right and it's really great because a mod and an augie yeah you know they get out there they cuddle yeah um not each other (laughs) yet (laughs) yeah hopefully someday but the the weave on the fabric is such that hair can't really penetrate it so I can literally just like wipe the hair off and it's fucking awesome that's great we love that you love to see it you really do yeah how are your things are you are there leafers there yet oh my gosh so um I went through a strange transition uh this year so I came out here to Maine to like work a job um that like kind of got me access to the east coast and then like I feel like I made, like, a decent dent in the season, and then finally I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. (laughs) Like, I'm just not in, like, a good place to, like, be in this situation with, like, what was going on. So I found a job posting for just housekeeping for another 
glamping resort, but it's on like the island, which is like Mount Desert Island, uh, which is closer to Bar Harbor, which is like where all my friends that I've made throughout the season live. Um, so I transferred over. So I'm living here on the property and I'm like doing this stuff here. And then I've also like started bartending, um, which is like honestly my sweet spot like I've missed it so much and and I'm having a really good time and like making a lot of hours and like making plans for next year um I already hopefully fingers crossed like depending on like how the season shakes out with like budget and stuff have like a guaranteed job here next season um so that'll be really good yeah um but the leaf season here I feel like we kind of get leaf peepers is what they call them like across the board um in like spearfish canyon and stuff like that in south dakota but like here it's like it's like a full-on fucking thing for like a month and a half they call them the newlyweds and the nearly deads which i fucking love (laughs) what does that even mean because it's people that are like newly married like they just got like engaged and or married recently like for the fall season so that they could like take pictures and then the nearly deads which is like the older people that like don't go on vacation during the normal vacation time like in the summertime they just come out to like see the leaves change so it's the newlyweds and the nearly deads and the cool thing about the newlyweds and the nearly deads is they also tip a lot better and they're like a lot cooler in terms of like their personality and what they're doing we don't have any kids on property because everyone's back in school so it's just like we got through the angry august is what they call it in the seasonal industry where everyone's like we have to go on vacation right now because kids are going back to school and we gotta get it done and you you know oh yeah so it's a really the forced vacation yeah exactly so like we got through all of that and now we're like in like coming into the leaf peeper season where people are like a lot more chill um people are just like kind of like I have this extra time and I'm not like in the normal vacation so we're quite we're quite busy because they like ran promotional um specials so that like we could keep our occupancy up through the end of the season our season ends here October 18th is the last day that people check out And then my contract end date is the 31st. So I'm planning leaving here like probably like the 2nd of November. Um, And then going from here, going to Salem because I've never been there yet. Um, So spending some time in Salem, Massachusetts, spending some time in Boston, spending some time in Brooklyn, spending some time in Baltimore, and then coming back to South Dakota and like I'll hang out with my mom for a little bit before making my journey to the West Coast. So. Yeah. Uh, All in all, I'm working a lot right now because my goal is to, like, have all of my rent paid for for the winter um, so that I can save up money because I am trying to buy, like, a house or a farm uh, out here next year because I'm trying to stay in Maine. um, Hell yeah. For forever. (laughs) Because I just, like, I need to have some semblance of stability. I need a home base. And so, like, I'm looking at, like, buying property out here uh, and then just staying year-round. Cool. Yeah. It's really good. It feels like... So, the whole thing with uh, the fall solstice, I feel like, depending on what you believe, and, like, there's, like... We're going to get into that in this episode, I feel like, especially... 
Um, but the, the fall equinox is like a very good time to kind of set your intentions for the next like three months, like while you're like slumbering so that you can like get back at it in the springtime. And so that's kind of like very much what I'm focusing on right now is just like getting everything ready so that I can go through the winter season and then emerge in the springtime with everything else super strong. So cool. I like it. So welcome to our spooky season. It's, uh, I think it's going to get pretty spooky. I definitely agree. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I don't know, but just based off like my research, I feel like it's going to start out pretty fucking spooky and then just continue to get spookier, which is great. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've already got like, just from my research from this episode, I've already got like a couple of books that I'm going to (laughs) read. I have, I have to read so many books. I'm like ready to have that, you know, secret knowledge as they say. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely have to do a lot more research. The thing that, so, okay. So welcome to the season. First of all, oh my gosh. Um, Ghost hunting. Doing ghost hunting, ghost hunting, paranormal activity, um, the question of whether or not the soul is something that stays in the mortal plane or perceptible to the mortal mortal plane um, after death. Or if death. there even is a soul. If there is a soul, if it's just like spiritual elemental energy, uh, different wavelengths that you can be on, uh, occultist practice, spiritualism, religion, all of these things kind of tie into it. Um, I definitely know from my like perspective when I think about like uh, possession or ghosts or things like there's always kind of like a religious tie to it, but also like looking at the history opened me up to like so many more ideas. Like it was like I fell down a fucking hole just doing research. <laughs> And so I'm excited to kind of sort through that and then get into like the cool technology and, you know, like social media and how we interpret all of those things today. Yeah. Um, And um, this, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. um, Me too. Constantly. So I started this podcast, not in conjunction to what we're doing, but it's kind of relevant. I started, um, It's called Inside the Exorcism. And there's a couple of seasons, like there's Inside Jaws and stuff. But I started Inside the Exorcism, and it's talking about the backstory on where the idea came for for the book and everything. And it's really fucking interesting. Oh, my God. That's so fucking cool. I'm so excited to dig into it. Um, I want to start this episode off with a little housekeeping. Um, so first of all, and I've probably said this a million times now to our Patreons, but thank you so much to the people that are supporting us. Like through your contributions, we are able to essentially make this show at least for free, not necessarily for a profit, but like for free right now, like we're able to host and get everything out on the airwaves for free. Thanks to your contribution. So a massive thank you to our Patreon supporters. Oh yeah. Um, Super great. I also want to mention that if you guys are interested 
in supporting us. All of our Patreon information is linked through our link tree, which is at our website, bitesizepodcast.com. That's B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E podcast.com. Um, also, with the series being about ghost hunting and being about the paranormal, sorry, paranormal. Paranormal. <laughs> paranormal. <laughs> the first season, you got to go back a little bit. Um, with this season being about the paranormal, we are wanting to hear your guys' spooky stories. So, like, if you guys have a ghost encounter, if you guys have... Uh, paranormal experiences, anything like that, definitely write in and tell us about those because we are going to save them up and talk about them um, in our final episode to close out the series. Um, So all of our contact information, all of our social media, our email, everything is going to be accessible from that website. Once again, that's B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E podcast.com. So hoping to hear from you. Yeah, if you have ever had an exorcism performed on you or if you've performed an exorcism i really want to hear about it (laughs) please please tell us about that um yeah so this is the first episode so as per tradition we're gonna start off with a little history um yeah let's do it jump into it okay let's get fucking spooky (laughs) get fucking spooky okay cool (laughs) Um, so I want to preface this with, like, I started off researching about, um, like, spooky stuff and spiritualism and seances and, like, Ouija boards and, like, all of that. I started off with doing research about that, and then I fell into a massive uh, fucking hole, um, between spiritualism and the occult and, uh, fucking Aleister Crowley and... Uh, like all kinds of stuff I just fell into this massive hole um I do want to shout out I've got uh some sources here so for coming into spiritualism which is what we're going to talk about first um the Encyclopedia Britannica was an amazing resource for both spiritualism as a religion as well as Maggie and Kate Fox uh who we'll talk about here in a second as well as Smithsonian Mag talking about the Fox sisters Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Spiritualism. Um, so for those that don't know, spiritualism is actually a religious practice, uh, that started in the mid-ish to late 1900s, um, sorry, mid-ish to late 1800s into the 1900s. And spiritualism as a religion is the idea that... Uh, the soul, the human soul, is a thing that can exist on into the ether and is accessible to humans. So people that like practice spiritualism believe that they are able to communicate with the spirits of the dead. So, <laughs> like, that's amazing <laughs> for one. Um, so we're first going to talk about kind of the people that brought spiritualism into the mainstream uh, and the first famous uh, seances and, and mediums uh, in the United States. So we're going to talk well, about the Fox sisters. I do have a question. Yeah. Um, is spiritualism, is that the same when people say, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual? Is this what they're talking about? No. So I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, because I feel like saying that you're spiritual is like, it can come from a lot of places because there's a lot of religious 
schools of practice in the world, like between regular like uh, Christianity and also like occult practices, um, pagan practices. There's a lot going on in the world to like kind of like make up ideas about why the world is the way it is. So when people say I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, I feel like it has much more to do with like the understanding that there is maybe a higher power um, and that they have a personal relationship with the idea that there is a higher power and with like energy that moves throughout the earth. So it may be like kind of connected, but spiritualism, like as a phrase, as a religion is specifically to, it's very tied to, uh, Christianity. Um, but also tied to the idea specifically that the human soul exists at a higher plane and that people who are in tuned with the spirits can channel spirits of the dead specifically. Okay. So like our souls are little satellites above our bodies or something? Kind of. Um, so our souls are an energy that when they are in the mortal plane, uh, function at a specific frequency and when we pass on and our body decays the energy that is represented by our spirits still remains and is accessible to people that exist in the physical plane for a certain amount of time um, and you can communicate with the spirits of the dead specifically Okay. Like okay. that's that's kind of what it's based on. It's based on like God gives you we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Cause we'll kind of go through like the whole thing. Um so spiritualisms and seances. Uh when discussing the matters of spirits and paranormal entities throughout history, communications with spirits has always been an important part of ghost hunting. So like before it was really ghost hunting, it was people performing seances, people talking to spirits. Most right. famously, spiritualism brought up a, a religious face to these ideas. Um, okay, the, Gilded okay. Age, <laughs> the Gilded Age of America, lasting from like the 1870s to the 1900s, saw wild and unbridled corruption and materialism. Uh, in the decades after the spiritual, or sorry, after the Civil War, America was described by the French Prime Minister George Clemenceau. 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 <laughs> I can't. Clemenceau. <laughs> Uh, to have moved from a state of barbarism, obviously, during the Civil War, uh, to one of decadence without establishing any kind of civility in between, and the draw of indecent wealth saw a rise of spiritualism and the seances and communications with the, spiritual, the spirits that came with it. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> while we could spend, and honestly, we could spend an entire series of time discussing like the history of prophecies, uh, prophesiers and seers that led to the rise of spiritualism. And you should definitely like investigate this yourself and like we'll have resources posted like with the pictures on our Instagram and different stuff um, through our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're going to focus today on the Fox sisters. Uh, and the phantom knocks that rocketed them into the spotlight of fame and immortalized them into the history of early America. <clears throat> so, uh, the funny thing about this whole situation with the Fox, like the Fox sisters, is that it started on like April Fool's Eve for them. Um, however, I actually 
listened to a couple of podcasts. One of them, which honestly, okay, pause for a second. Fucking shout out because I'm addicted. Um, so Occult Secrets okay. is a podcast. Wait, let me mm, double check really quick because I thought that I wrote it down, but I didn't. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, Occult Confessions. Occult Confessions is the podcast. They are an awesome podcast through, uh, it's some college in Maryland. They don't say, they just say it's on the eastern shore of Maryland. Um, (laughs) But they are an amazing resource for all things occult. uh, And they talk about the Fox sisters and they talk about spiritualism. right now. Literally, oh my God, you would love it. I'm surprised I haven't texted you about this earlier because they're fucking great. They're super funny. Uh, but it's also, like, through, like, theater and theatrics that they, like, do everything. So it, it's super good. Uh, so definitely check them out. <clears throat> but in their series about the Fox sisters, they kind of, like, allude to the history. By the way, like, the leader of the podcast is, like, a doctor in occult studies. Like, a PhD in occult studies. So, Dope. like, they're super sourced. Everything's really great. Uh, so they talk about the fact that the owner of this farmhouse in Hydesville, New York, had experienced the knocking before the Fox sisters. Uh, so the owner of this house, um, like heard someone knocking in the middle of the night, got out of bed, went to the front door, checked the front door. No one was there. Uh, went back to bed, was like, what the fuck? And then heard the knocking again, went back out to the front door, checked around. There was no one there. Uh, and it was like a phenomenon that like continued to happen while they owned the home. So they ended up selling their home to the Fox family. Um, at which point they started hearing the knocks as well. Um, however, some people attribute, especially considering, and we'll get into it here in a second. Well, not a second, but like a bit, um, talking about like skeptics and things like that. But some people attribute this to the girls, the younger girls, Maggie and Kate playing like an April Fool's trick with the knocking. Uh, so oh, on April so Fool's Eve... They think it's them being shitty kids. They don't think that at first, but when you look at the history of, like, when everything started and the way that the girls tried to play it out based on, like, what came out years and years and years later, which okay, we'll get into, okay. <clears throat> you'll see how everything connects. So on April Fool's Eve, in a small farmhouse in Hydesville, New York, 14-year-old Maggie Fox and her 11-year-old sister Kate related to a neighbor that they had been experiencing ghostly phenomenon. The neighbor came into their home where their mother, everyone in the house is experiencing this, not just the girls. So maybe the girls like showed it to the parents or like what's going on, but everyone is experiencing it. The neighbor came into their home where their mother, Margaret Fox, began communicating with the spirit. She ordered the spirit to count to five and the room filled with the sound of five heavy thuds. Margaret led the spirit through many different questions and the spirit complied in knocks, including knocking 33 times for the age of the neighbor and three knocks to confirm that it was an injured spirit. Shit. Yeah. It's a lot of knocking. (laughs) That's a lot of knocks. (laughs) It's a lot of knocks and it gets, there's so much. Um, The family deserted the farmhouse and the sisters were sent to Rochester, New York to live with their eldest sister, Leah. Did they desert the farmhouse because they were scared? I don't, so I, that's what I don't know. I, I think that it was just, like, them moving, like, they just, like, maybe couldn't keep up on it, maybe they were scared of the spirit, 
Um, I wasn't able to find that out in my research, but that would be kind of funny if that was the situation, especially in like New England, like and upper New York, like it's like a real thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we sent the sister, they sent the sisters out to live with their eldest sister, Leah, who is married and like established in Rochester, New York. Now, something to say about Rochester, New York, or like the surrounding area at this time is that it was the birthplace of religion and reform in an area where people were tied to like they were tired of calvinist religious practice with calvinist is like very much like everyone has to be super somber everyone has to like you know your entire life is devoted to christ like there's not a whole lot of like the ceremonial whatever of the catholic church like it's it's divided there uh much more aligned to like you know lutheranism that sort of thing Um, Okay, okay. But this area in Rochester, New York, (coughs) for example, saw the rise of Mormonism and Seventh-day Adventism, which at the time was called Millerism, uh, and then went on to become Seventh-day Adventism. And they both saw their start in the Finger Lakes region of New York State. Huh. Yeah. So upon their arrival... Uh, talking about this phenomenon that they had experienced, which actually followed them to Rochester. Um, Isaac and Amy Post, who are radical Quakers and some of the earliest believers in the spiritual movement, invited them to their home to see if they could recreate the spiritual communication in other locations. Uh, Although skeptical, the posts were swayed by the demonstration of distinct thumps in the floor in response to questions posed by the group. Uh, at that point, Amy and Isaac rented out a hall that held 400 people who were intrigued with the possibility of communing with the spirits. Uh, they did their dance, you know, they asked their questions, the knocks were heard, and afterwards the girls were taken by Amy into a chamber to disrobe, like take off all of their clothes and be examined for the possibility of any fraud, and they were found to be hoax-free. I can't imagine <laughs> what that would have been like. It was like, you did the thing. Now you're going to get naked and we're going to test you out. Like, that seems like yeah, a Yeah, that seems weird. Me. Like, what would they be hiding on their bodies to produce a knocking noise? So, like, have you ever seen, like, um, it's like a band instrument and it's a wood block with a rubber ball attached? Yeah. Like, that sort of thing. Maybe they had it between their knees. Uh, a lot of... Uh, people based on like the claims of the girls versus Maggie's statements later on in life, which we'll talk about here in a second, thought that maybe they were thumping an apple uh, against the floor. Were they uh, not standing in front of all of the people? Well, no, they were like sitting down at tables because when you do a seance, like everyone's sitting at a table. There's 400 people at a table? Well, no, 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 no. They're on the stage. And that we'll get into it because you're going to, this is the fun, it's the funniest fucking shit to me anyway. Um, But anyway, so after this examination with Isaac and Amy Post, they were found to be hoax free. So they thought that the sisters were actually communing with this, with the spirits. Um, And from then on, then on the sisters fame takes off. They begin holding seances first in New York Uh, And then soon after, Kate and Maggie took the show on the road, going as far as Ohio, holding sessions where observers could witness them communicating with the spirits. Okay. Um, They even uh, spent a time uh, while they were in New York. They they performed for, um, oh my gosh, 
All I can think of is PJ Harvey, and I know that that's wrong. Um, the Greatest Showman. What's the guy? The circus guy. Oh my gosh, this is gonna the, kill me. From the actual movie? Yeah. Uh, P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum's uh, cousin actually actually put them up in a room in a hotel where they were holding seances, and they also performed at P.T. Barnum's American Museum uh, where they would hold seances and people would come in and, like, pay, like, you know, five to twenty dollars, which is, like, a huge amount of money. It was, like, essentially, in today's terms, it was, like, twenty to a hundred dollars for a fucking hour of time a month's wages or something yeah literally and this is like multiple people that they were having at the seance table so they were making Shit. fucking money off of this and then they took the show on the road and made like even more money and spread like a the bunch of, of horses or something i mean i would just i don't know what you do with that wealth i really don't um but through their like exposure to the public they became like the first celebrity mediums uh and maggie herself would go on to marry explorer and won over like because he was a skeptic uh alicia kent kane who would convince her to leave the practice of spiritualism and attend school so like maggie ended up meeting this explorer um he had done um He was a a medical officer in the Navy during the first half of the 19th century. And he was also a, like a member of Arctic expedition. So they went to the Arctic, uh, with Sir John Franklin. And this was, uh, in the 19th century. Um, so like the late 1800s for you. Okay. Okay. Um, so they ended up getting married. He convinced her to leave spiritualism, even though she had won him over and like convinced him that it was real and she attended school on his dime. Uh, and the couple was extremely happy until Kane's untimely death in 1857. Um, his death drove Maggie to drinking. Uh, <laughs> like it would. I mean, I totally yeah. understand. Uh, especially during that time. Uh, and she also converted to Catholicism and not only abandoned spiritualism, but also came out against it by oh, revealing the Fox sisters' entire practice had been a hoax. Oh. Yeah. So in 1888, in defiance of her sister Leah and other leading spiritualists who had chastised her sister Kate for heavy drinking. So it seems like it was like a family problem. So like Kate, her sister that originally started. So there was three sisters. There's Maggie and then Kate, who was the youngest, and then Leah, who was the oldest. Um, But Kate got in, like she ended up getting married, having a family, whatever, and she kind of got into heavy drinking uh, and Leah, her sister, who a lot of people think exploited Maggie and Kate for their gift and then kind of like glommed onto it and started because there's this whole like thing with the spiritualist movement because a lot of it, well, most of it was just based on like having public seances that people could attend and like trying to like commune with spirits that people were trying to contact and like even uh, like uh, magicians such as like Houdini were trying to disprove these spiritualist mediums and show that they were frauds and they were super skeptics and they were like most of these people are using parlor tricks well Leah who had never had the gift because she hadn't been in the farmhouse and she hadn't been there for the formulation continued to hold her own seances and become a leading member of the spiritualist movement which spread across the United States 
they think that Leah exploited the younger sisters. And then, of course, like, these are child stars. Like, these are, they're, they're younger girls who are suddenly exposed to the whole of the world, especially during that time when there was, like, so much wealth inequality. There was, like, a lot of stuff going on with the workers' movement. Like, the Civil War (laughs) just pretty much ended. Like, there was so much going on. And Leah definitely took advantage of that, continued to hold her own seances, and become a leading member of the spiritual movement, and then criticized her sisters for, like, heavy drinking. So Leah, the sister, um, was shaming Kate specifically for drinking, saying that she was, like, as so far as to, like, say that she was unable to care for her children, and then Maggie pissed off at the spiritualist movement because she's, like, she's a fucking child star. Like, there's no denying that. Um, So is her sister Kate. And even Leah. Like, these were all celebrities in the time before celebrities. That's a lot of fucking pressure to put on a younger person. And your husband's just fucking died. Like, you're in, like, the late 1800s. It's really difficult. And so Maggie went on to publicly denounce spiritualism at a a New York Academy of Music or at the New York Academy of Music in front of a live audience, saying that the practice had begun when they were young, starting with a thumping, uh, the thumping of an apple on a string against the ground and then moving on to more advanced techniques, including the manipulating of their joints to create popping and knocking sounds. Yeah. So these, she was literally cracking, I can't do it because I just cracked my fingers, um, but she was like cracking her fucking toe knuckles and her ankles to make this fucking sound. I know, that's what I'm saying. Um, So she then proceeded to take off her shoe, put her fucking foot on a stool so that everyone could see it, and then pop her toes and ankles to produce the sounds. Rose. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't just it wasn't just that she had done this like in front of everyone so they could see and hear it. There was also like doctors in attendance who like went up and held her ankle as she was like making the popping sounds and like confirmed like yes, this is a popping of her ankles. I can feel the joints moving. People reported that they could hear it all the way from the balcony and that it was the sounds that had been produced in her other seances. So like they fully acknowledge that this was a real thing. And especially in a time where people were so skeptic of everything, like even magicians like Houdini, which is a fucking household name, were trying to disprove spiritualists who were holding seances because they thought that they were like, they're not communicating with fucking spirits. They're stealing your fucking money and they're doing you wrong. Right? Right. So this was recognized as a death blow to the movement and its most prominent stars had then at that point been exposed to fraud. Shit. Yeah. So, although spiritualism had kind of roots in religious practice, because it kind of went hand in hand with, like, early American Christianity, uh, spiritualism maintained itself without organizing a church until 1893, when the National Spiritualist Association was formed. Um, and Leah Fox was a big proponent of that and getting everything organized into a church. So this was something that like maintained pretty much. I mean, you saw kind of like the death blow, like even Maggie went back and forth on her statements. Like at first she said like, oh no, like spiritualism's all a hoax. Like this is all bullshit. And like came out and did this huge performance in front of a massive audience and it became 
you know, widely renowned. There was like, you know, newspaper writers in the fucking audience and attendance on the day that she disproved it. But then she like doubled back on her statements and said that it was real and that the spirits had told her uh, to do it to like, I don't know, throw them off a scent. I don't (laughs) I don't know. Um, And then she also like attended other people's seances to like try and disprove them under a misnomer, like under like a false name. Huh. Yeah, so it's just a very interesting history with that. Yeah. And the this is where I fell down this like crazy fucking like time warp hole. So the existence of spiritualism, and I'm, we're only going to talk about this for a second because like you could do whole series on Madame Blavatsky, you could do whole series on uh, Aleister Crowley. You could do all sorts of information, like even like going on to L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology. (laughs) Like this is a very deep hole because the history of spiritualism and the occult and everything like that during this time period in America is super heavy. So with spiritualism gaining this foothold and people becoming invested in these ideas, there was also... Uh, Madame Blavatsky and occultists that were saying that you're not communicating with spirits of the dead, you're communicating with elemental spirits that exist naturally on a higher plane in our like different levels of existence. Um, Madame Blavatsky is one of history's like most well-known occultists based on her work not only in Europe and in India Uh, and the United States like she's one of the people that like kind of brought like even things like down to yoga and it's modern practice in America like that's attributed to like the bringing of that and Ayurvedic practices from India to America is attributed to like Madame Blavatsky and there's lots of really interesting series that you can listen to Um, If you're a listener and not a reader I highly recommend um, last podcast on the left who I love uh, does an amazing series on Madame Helena Blavatsky. Um, the podcast that I mentioned earlier, Occult Confessions, also has a whole series on Madame Blavatsky, as well as spiritualism, as well as um, Aleister Crowley. Uh, they have a series on all of that and black magic. <clears throat> but getting into this is like, these people, and this is the crazy thing, is that all of this is real. All of this happened yeah. in real life, in history. It sounds so like a movie. It sounds like this is like, this is a story. This is like Twilight. This is, it's not real, but all of this is real, and these are real people that existed, and this was a real large movement in the United States, in Europe, in all of these places. Yeah. So fucking bizarre to think about. Right. And so that's the only thing that I like. You can get in, you get really into uh, Madame Blavatsky. Like, she's got so much shit. And I highly recommend that you do if you're interested in this sort of stuff. But the main premise to take away here is that um, Madame Blavatsky helped found um, the Theocratic Society of uh, Theocracy. Okay. Um, okay. And she was, like, part of this, like, group of occultists that believed that occult knowledge should be accessible to everyone, and she was being communicated to by secret masters. That's where, like, 
the cult stuff comes in because even Aleister Crowley believed that he was being communicated to by like, you know, ethereal being secret masters that were giving him divine knowledge. And so Helena Blavatsky had the counter to spiritualism, which was the belief that you can communicate with the spirits of the dead, saying that you're not communicating with the spirits of the dead. You're actually communicating with demons, essentially, and elemental spirits, and that they are tricking you into believing that you're communicating with, you know, your dead relatives, you know, great aunt Peggy. And Madame Blavatsky knew people that were, you know, part of the Society for Psychical Research, which the original Society for Psychical Research, or the SPR, was uh, originated from a discussion. uh, This is here from the Wikipedia page. A discussion between journalist Edmund Rogers and physicist William F. Barrett in autumn of 1881. So spiritualism was already in full force at this time. This was a conversation that they were having about all of the things that that incited and the areas of study included hypnotism, dissociation, thought transference, mediumship, which was the Fox sisters, uh, apparitions and haunted houses and the physical phenomena associated with seances. So that's like when someone's having a seance and like, you know, teacups are moving on the shelves and things like that. So the SPR were introduced to a number of nihilism, or sorry, neologism, neologisms, neologisms, which have entered into the English language neologisms, which have entered into the English language such as telepathy, which was coined by member Frederick Myers. So telepathy, obviously, being the ability to uh, transfer thoughts with your mind. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> um, so there was two societies. There was the SPR, which is the Society for Psychical Research, and then there was the ASPR, which was the American Society for Psychical Research, which was found, founded by William James. Um, so some quick thoughts. This is from the entry on the ASPR's website, which is still available. Um, you can still go on to um, their website. You can actually go to the physical location and look at their archives. Uh, one of my biggest resources for this as well was an episode of New Books in Medicine, which is a podcast. Uh, and this was episode uh, featuring Elisa Puglianisi, which is the, I just butchered that. Um, But she's the author of a book called Common Phantoms in American History of Psychic Science, which kind of looks at um, the connection between like mind sciences and like magical thinking almost. So obviously, uh, like Chris Angel, the mind freak. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to come at some point. Did you watch that show? Which one? Mind Freak. Oh, I mean, not like a whole bunch, but I've definitely seen it. Oh my god, I watched it. it religiously. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Shit. I'm, I'm a, the episode where he like puts on like a fucking chainmail suit and fucking gets struck by <laughs> lightning because he thinks it's gonna like induce psychic powers. Did Love it. it. No. <laughs> that guy's a, no, he's a fucking stage magician like everyone else. And we see Is these things and we're still around? Unpracticed. 
I'm like, I haven't thought of Chris Angel in so many years. Dude, I'm thinking about him right now, and I'm going to do a quick Google. <laughs> do it Is this man still doing things? He had a... Oh, he cut his hair. Oh, cute. I'm, I love that for him. Um, he had a show going at uh, Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for a really long time. Did you go? No, I never went. Hmm. <laughs> um... So the ASPCR was founded in 1885 by a a distinguished group of scholars and scientists who shared the courage and vision to explore the uncharted realms of human consciousness. Among them, renowned Harvard psychologist and professor of philosophy, William James. Many of the early participants were pioneers in psychology, psychiatry, physics, and astronomy. Phys, uh, Freud and Jung were, and I think that's how you, because like Jungian, like Jungian, <laughs> Jung, maybe it's Freud and Jung. I don't fucking know. I don't read I don't philosophy. Know. You're doing except great. For, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're honorary members. Luminaries from a wide range of disciplines have been drawn to the society throughout history, including Chester Carlson, the inventor of Xerox quantum physicist David Boehm, psychologist Gardner Murphy, and the dream researcher Montague Ullman, MD. From its inception, the society has investigated the prevalence and meaning of extraordinary human experience from creativity, hypnosis, dreams, and states of consciousness to telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, psychokinesis, healing, and the question of survival after death. These topics of study continue to be relevant today. Huh. Uh, so that's a little a piece from their website where you can find all that information. And of course, uh, Alyssa Puglianisi, Puglianisi, Pug, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, like, I genuinely am because I really want to read your book, Alicia. If you ever hear this, I apologize. Um, so there were so many members, both in the European uh, Society for Psychical Research and the American Society for Psychical Research that were like massive scientists like Marie Curie who like in like discovered um like the effects of radiation poisoning uh, leading to her untimely death unfortunately and received a Nobel Peace Prize for her work um was part of the SPR uh really quick this is kind of off topic but it reminded me of this yeah go on this meme um I think it's like a screenshot of a tweet and this gal was like I'm just remembering the time that I told someone that I was distantly related to Marie Curie and the dude replied with it's pronounced Mariah Carey (laughs) oh my god incredible (laughs) wow wow (laughs) oh my gosh Jesus Christ (laughs) I love her love it no oh no that's Alicia Keys fuck I'm so sorry. <laughs> no one, no one, no one is actually in this room. I'm spirit projecting. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so the Society for Psychical Research essentially was the agency that went on to experiment and like hold. Like, they would hold seances, but they would have like a person. Okay, so here's a really good example. There was a seance with this, like, super popular medium at the time, whose name I didn't write down because I'm bad at this. <coughs> um, 
And there was a guy who had a, like, he came up with the question. He was part of the Society for Psychical Research. He came up with the question. He sent his daughter in place of himself with the hair of a woman who the daughter didn't know. And the psychic, like, the medium, like, touched the hair and, like, gave information that no one could know based on, like, her touching the hair to, like, test the actual validity of these mediums in, like, a triple-blind kind of test. Like, not only is it not someone who is directly associated with the person going in, but it's also, like, you know, an article from a person that that person didn't know, and so it was, like, a a triple-blind test that they conducted to, like, see if this was all legit. So they would go in, like, they are the original Ghostbusters. Cute. Yeah, and we love a fucking Ghostbusters We love a Ghostbuster. Speaking of which, Ghostbusters was based on Dan Aykroyd's interest in the paranormal, spanning back to childhood when his father was subscribed to the journal of the ASPCR, and he himself is now a card-carrying member of the ASPCR. Or ASPR, not ASPCR. I keep I saying ASPCR that. because, like, it's like ASPCA, but that's not correct. <laughs> ASPR. Um, yeah, so, like, his grandfather, Dan Aykroyd's grandfather, was, like, a psychical researcher and, like, went and did this shit. Was a ghost hunter in real life. That's pretty fucking cool, actually. Fucking <laughs> right? The, the entire idea of the ASPR and the SPR was... We understand that there might be situations where, you know, parapsychological phenomena is happening and paranormal phenomena is happening, but we want to be able to go in and evaluate it based on scientific theory and we want to be able to find out whether or not it's like this stuff is really going on and so all of these things there there's a whole library um here based on the um information from the website the aspr library and archives are a leading repository of significant aspects of american and scientific history including the earliest history of psychological and psychiatry in the united states early studies of multiple personality, the evolution of mind-body medicine, Eastern and Western religious philosophy, the mental healers movement, and American visionary traditions. They include rare manuscripts that date back to the 1600s, case reports, correspondence from William James, Henry James, W.B. Yeats, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Houdini, and Upton fucking Sinclair, to name a few. Thousands. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, Upton Sinclair was a fucking member of the the ASPCR. Sorry, ASPR. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And his wife. Um, So thousands of periodicals, books, and pamphlets, the majority out of print and extremely rare. In addition to their scientific value, the ASPR archives contain rare fine art, including O-spirit drawings... No, no, no. Just spirit drawings, not no spirit drawings. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that was in quotation marks. Uh, spirit, <laughs> spirit drawings and photographs and a significant collection of Shaker manuscripts relating to their visionary experiences. The archives also include a continuously growing collection of audio and video 
tape interviews and lectures by leading contemporary scientists. The library is constantly growing as new collections are adding. The archives are priceless, irreplaceable treasure that must continue to be preserved and protected for future generations. Holy shit. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so those were the original ghost hunters. They were using all of the modern technology that they had at the time to be able to actually, like, perceive what was going on through, like, these paranormal situations, going out to investigate them themselves based on, you know, probability and statistics, based on the, you know, scientific evidence that they had at the time. And they were going out and they were testing those theories, testing those forms of practice to make sure that they were, like, legitimate. And funnily enough, there was this idea, going back to Madame Helena Blavatsky, that she was receiving information from spiritual guidance from these secret masters and there was evidence to suspect that she was actually writing the majority of this material herself and that she actually just had a really good memory um, and she wasn't taking spiritual dictation and that was one of the first assignments of the SPR and one of their first achievements was proving that Madame Blavatsky was actually kind of fibbing a little bit Okay. Fucking crazy, right? Yeah, that is... I love it. The, o- <laughs> the OG Ghostbusters. And there's yeah. so many holes that you can fall down, like, going through, like, just this basic research to, like, find out about the SPR and the ASPR um, and spiritualism in general. There's so many fucking holes that you can go down. Like, you know, you go from Madame Blavatsky, and she wrote Isis Unveiled, which had so much information about combining Eastern and Western spiritual practices that was even used by the Nazis in their occult beliefs and practices, and one of the reasons why they went on a genocidal rampage. Um, there's even thoughts uh, that Hitler got the majority of his ideas about the quote-unquote Aryan race because Aryan does not necessarily mean, you know, like white, blonde hair, blue eyes. It means people from India because these are the people that like understood these Ayurvedic practices and like came up with these original Eastern practices, which is why the swastika is such a massive symbol to them. But there's also, like, you know, suggestions that that came from, like, Norse ruminology. Um, sorry, runology. Like, looking at, like, Norse runes. Um, but Isis unveiled in the idea of, like, the Aryan race, which comes from, like, you know, there was the Aryans and then there was, like, the Lumerians and the Atlantans that were, like, all of these, like, you know, spirit... Uh, societies and civilizations that existed and then were destroyed and we have to build ourselves back up to this like spiritual standard uh with uh eastern practices as opposed to western practices um and then from there you can even fall deeper into you know the Aleister Crowley hole where you're talking about the hermetic order of the golden dawn and uh you know uh, magic, like different kinds of like ceremonial magic and occult practices, and the battle between like liberal occultists versus like occultists that wanted to keep the practice very uh, sacred and close to them. It's just fucking insane. Like, this is a hole that you can fall into, and you definitely should because it's super interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just a quick note um, if there's weird noises, my dog is being a whiny baby right now. <laughs> 
hair to snort. I did. Yeah, he's... <laughs> he wants my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's, uh, there's seances and spiritualism. And oh, the... I like it. Society for Psychical Research. Neat. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so much information. And it's crazy because it's real. Uh, that's the thing that I can't get over as I yeah. keep thinking about it. Is like, that is real American and international history. What the fuck? Yeah. So that's crazy American history and all the things uh, yeah, that we went that's, through. Um, it seems fake. <laughs> that's what I'm fucking... The entire time, like, all of the shit that I get into with, like, occultism specifically, I've, like, okay, spooky season starts on September 1st, right? Yes. So since then, I have gotten really invested into H.P. Lovecraft. Now, we all know that H.P. Lovecraft is kind of a sketchy guy in terms of who he was as a person, but his fictional horror literature is some of the most important literature to modern horror. Correct. And it has also created this universe of horror that other artists have, like, expanded upon and made so much more cool and important, regardless of whether or not he was a terrible person. Um, And I hear he was a lot less racist towards the end. And he was, like, a big leftist guy and, like, you know, believed in taking (laughs) care of the... Yeah, the American people, which is really important. But, regardless, his writing is so important to understanding occult thought and understanding, like, America at that point in time, which is when all this shit was happening. And so, like, when Spooky Season started, I had Audible credits, so I downloaded, like, his entire compendium of uh fictional stories which of which there are like 75 and i'm like halfway through it because i just listen to it at work all day um and then you think about the fact that he was on board with all of these people and all of this like occult thought but also like different brands like upton sinclair for example famous leftist was like you know super into like you know socialist writing and and political activism in his time, but was also part of the Society for Psychical Research. This seems like a fake fucking thing that I would read a fucking book about and that it's not actual American history. And I never learned about this shit until I started doing research for this stuff. Like, I knew that, like, you know, Aleister Crowley, you know, the wickedest man in the world or whatever. Like, I knew he existed. I knew that Satanism existed. I knew from, like, you know, other resources and crafts like you know um jack whatever his name is the super fucking hot guy that formed uh h like um jpl jet propulsion laboratories in southern california was like a satanist or like a, a an occultist who believed in black magic and he had to find his scarlet woman so that he could like channel the devil so that he could like find more information about the science of rockets and that's like how he got his whole thing obviously it's a super simplification and probably mostly incorrect there's a lot more nuance <laughs> to all of that stuff but it's crazy that that yeah. is real american history yeah i love that for us <laughs> me too same honestly we should be teaching people more about this stuff yeah 
We're doing it right now. We're literally, we're going to do it. We're going to get it out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that concludes our, uh, our first episode. Part one. Part one uh, of many. Uh, and yeah. we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go a little bit further into the history because there is so much history of the paranormal. We're going to do this first history segment in two parts. Um, so we've talked about seances, spiritualism, communication with the dead and spirits uh, right up front here. We're also going to get into uh, Harry Price. And if anybody is familiar with the uh, horror series, The Conjuring uh, and Annabelle, we're also going to talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren um, leading up to our modern knowledge of ghost hunting and, you know, the ghost club and, and talking about stuff like that as well, obviously getting into the technology of it, which is the whole point of this podcast. So yeah, it's going to be great and it's gonna fun. Be so fucking great and cool and fun. I'm so excited. Me too. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Um, yeah. How do we normally end episodes? I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, I think we just do uh, another little bout of housekeeping. I know that I ever I already thanked everyone at the top here, but also like thank you so much to our Patreon oh, wait. subscribers. No, before Ooh. we do that, we always do what have you been playing? Oh, what I what what have you been playing? I just asked you. Oh, um, what have I been playing? I so I finally started Amnesia Afterbirth. Um How's that going? Uh, it's going good so far. It's, um, I'm stuck in, like, the, I think it's the Algerian <laughs> desert, um, at, like, a French-Algerian military camp, and I figured out one part of it, but I can't find, like, the other entrance to, like, the thing so that I can get to the radio to, like, communicate with people, so... Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out and like it got to the point where I had gone to every door and like tried all of the stuff and I was like this isn't fucking working for me I'm just gonna fucking stop so I haven't played it in like a week <laughs> cool um yeah but other than that I have also been playing cultist simulator oh yeah I'm like full-on into spooky season um so Cult of Simulator, Simulator is really interesting in that there is no tutorial. It doesn't really tell you what you're supposed to be doing. You're just kind of winging it the whole time. And I went through, got this playthrough, ended up like going through enough to like get a bunch of fucking cards and stuff. And finally I was like, I'm going to fucking look up a tutorial because I can't fucking deal with this shit. So I deleted my game. <laughs> I do to, that so often. To start over so that I could fucking watch the tutorial and follow along. And by the end of the tutorial, I had realized that my setup, I could have literally won once I understood what the fuck I was doing. I had uh... so many cultist followers. I had so many, like, lore cards. I had everything set up for perfect succession in the fucking game. But I had fucking deleted it. <laughs> So I <laughs> like go through it knowing what I know. So I'm starting over with Cultist Simulator, and it does take like a decent amount of time to build up the cards that you need and stuff like that. So that's like my go-to right now. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think since I'm gonna go next episode, I'll tell you what I've been playing at the end of that one. Hell yeah. Sounds good. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Like I love that. that. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
All right. Okay. Well, um, as we always talk about once again, um, I just want to shout out our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Also, if you are interesting in support, interested rather, in supporting the show, uh, we have multiple options. Starting off with our base contribution of one doll hair, you can get early access to our episodes. Um, if you upgrade to the next level, not only do you get early access, but you also get specialty episodes. All of that information is available from our website, which is once again bitesizepodcast.com. That's b y t e s i z e podcast.com. Also, we really, really, really want you to tell us about your paranormal experiences, your occult experiences, your ghost hunting experiences, all of that kind and of it, stuff. And it can all be kept anonymous too. We don't want to say your name. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't want us to talk about it, we ain't gonna talk about it. Well, we'll talk um, about it. We just well, won't we'll say talk about who it's yeah, from. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing that we won't talk about is your name. <laughs> the rest of it we're talking about, we'll talk about. Um, but if you have any interest in doing that, please definitely reach out to us either through our social media or our email is available through our website as well. Um, so yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Happy spooky season. Woo. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.